Hey, thank you so much for joining us online at Venue Church for another inspirational message from Pastor Corey Cope. If you were impacted by this message in any way, we would love it if you would share it with your friends online. Yeah, real boats rock. I love my church family. I feel like I just said to, you know, my four daughters, I love y'all, and half of one of them said that they love me back. So, all right, oh, thanks. Oh, that's all. Okay. That's good, that's good. Thanks so much. All right. I'm just saying, I'm just, it's called leadership, is what it's called. It's important. You should love your pastor. All right. Um, this is a sermon series that I've called Worth the Risk. Am I preaching from your purse right now? Are we Instagram live feeding? Is this what's happening? Janessa, did you want to preach this morning? <laughs> oh my goodness. Are we good? <laughs> I'm preaching from Janessa's purse too. That's awesome. All right. Um, worth the risk. I've called this sermon Big Rocks. Big Rocks. Um, if you want a relationship with somebody, Think about this. If you want a relationship with somebody, you have to find out those things that please them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Those things that please them. I finally figured it out after being married to Aaron just about 20 years. I'm a fast uh, study, a fast learner. So I finally figured it out. Aaron likes movies where people cry in them and stuff. So I like movies where the only people who cry are like, oh, no, please don't. Yeah. That's, that's my levels. But I, I took Aaron to a movie on Saturday, uh, yesterday morning. Um, it's a drama that's got a bit of action mixed in to it called um, Avengers Endgame. I figured it out. There was emotional moments in it, and I'm like, Aaron, you're welcome. I looked over. She was tearing up. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to. Spoiler alert. But, but I, I, figured, I figured it out. How many people know that if you want to be married to somebody, if you want a relationship with anybody, like your boss or whoever, you have to figure out what it is that pleases them. But this is where we get a little bit mixed up with God because uh, you and I, you think that when you get married that you are the most selfless individual that there is, but you are not. It, it's a huge surprise. And then you have kids and find out how selfish you were. Um, but there is this verse in Hebrews that says this, uh, Hebrews eleven six. but without faith, this series is about faith. Without faith, you won't be able to risk. Um, and it's worth the risk. Uh, the destiny of the people around you is worth the risk. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, uh, God. For he who comes to God, she who comes to God, must believe that, first thing, is that he is. So you might be on a journey towards faith. You might not be sure about God, but the first step of faith, it takes faith to believe in somebody that you can't see. And you tell yourself, okay, but if I could just see Jesus, well, he was on earth and a lot of people saw him but still didn't believe in him. So, so you think that if you saw him, you would believe in him. Oh, no, 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 not at all. Without faith, it is impossible to please God uh, for he who comes to God, let's, um, for he who comes to God must believe first of all that he is. But if you if you only believe that somebody is because you can see them, that takes zero faith. It takes zero faith, and faith is the currency of God. So if you're missing connection or you're missing, you're missing um, 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 destiny in your life, if you're missing these things in your life, you, you have to understand that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And Pastor Nate from Substance last week, 
He said there's this happiness switch inside of you that God can, can turn on. And you can have everything else. Here's a guy who, like, I'm trying to do the math in my head, and I probably got it wrong, but he left a, a job and, and made, I think, uh, I'm not great with math, so 6% of what he used to make to work in the church. Uh, sold his house, downsized, sold a bunch of vehicles, downsized. He said, I had it all, but, uh, but I didn't, my life wasn't a pleasing life. So without faith, it is impossible to please God. And if you don't please God, then why should God please you? That's how that works. We're like, God, please me. And he's like, I'm trying to, but you're holding on to everything too tightly. You're not risking enough. You're not letting go of the things you need to let go of. You're not letting me be God. You're trying to be God. So it says, without faith, it takes faith to believe in God, that he is, and the second part of that verse is to believe that God is and that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But this is what we do. We're like, God, reward me, and then I'll seek you. Right? God, show yourself to me, then I'll believe. He's like, no, you won't. No, no. No, faith comes first. And the father of faith, Abraham, this whole series is going to be about Abraham. Uh, next week, I talk Pastor Aaron into preaching for Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. She had a heart attack and recovered like that. <laughs> I'm like, baby, um, look, you bring a mom to Mother's Day. If you're a mom, you can sleep until nine, make your kids make you breakfast in bed or whatever you got to do, but get to the house of God because there's a gift that God wants to give you here that this is what she's going to show you how to do to raise children. You ready? Children from the life of Abraham and Sarah, his wife, children of promise, not children of opportunity. If you raise children of opportunity, they will not receive the promises of God. The promises of God are conditional. Let's learn how to raise children of promise so the promises of God comes true in their lives and they can be pleasing to God and God can please them in their lives. Uh, happiness, I mean, Pastor Nate, is like 10% of happiness is circumstantial, what's actually going around, uh, around you. And you spend all of your time trying to fix what's going on around you. Well, that's not where happiness comes from. Happiness comes from God. Joy comes from God. So... If you want to please God, then you have to have uh, faith. So here's where uh, I'm talking about today's a sermon called uh, Big Rocks. It takes real faith to put the big rocks in your life first. That takes faith. Uh, the big rocks in first. Am I going to be off camera if I do a little something right here? I just move the cameras, I guess. Is that how cameras work? <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, Renee, can, can you come and help me with this here? Because I should have really set this up ahead of time, but the bus plans of, you know, no, I don't need that. Okay, so, here, let's. I should have really thought about this. Okay, but here we go. I did think about this, but I didn't think about this here. So here's, here's your life. Faith is putting the big rocks in first. Here is, is and I've got something on your seat here. So take, take uh, those things off. I have big rocks and there's four uh, things there with a pen. So look in there and I want you to write the four big rocks that you should have in your life. Like here are our um, imperatives. Like I can't go to my grave without these four things. So you write those things on there. They should be the priorities of your life and put them in the order that they should be in. So I hope that you're, you're if, even if you're not a Christ follower, that the first priority would be God. I want a relationship with God. I want to know if God exists. I, I want to, and if you are a Christ follower, just put God down. That should be a thing. Okay, but here's the thing. It takes faith in your life. Without faith, you can't please God. It takes faith to put the big rocks in first. The big rocks, relationship with God. For, for some of you, it might be marriage or children or 
feeling it? The, the, the most important things in life that when people, uh, when people, I heard this, uh, I can't remember the stat, but basically nobody on their deathbed wishes they had spent more time at work. Like literally nobody. So on your deathbed, what do you think you were gonna, should write, be writing down here? And write those things down for me. But what we don't do is we don't put the big rocks in, in first. We, um, uh, because uh, there's other things in our lives that take a lot of, of minutes and get a lot of uh, air time. And so what I'm going to do is, um, yeah, can you hold the bucket for me? Thanks, Renee. Give Renee a hand, everybody. So, so, but here's what we do. Here's what we do. Here's what we do. We start filling our lives up. We wake up first thing in the morning, and I'll explain how my day works here to you. But we wake up first thing in the morning, and because we um, stayed up uh, late watching Netflix, three hours of Netflix, and by three hours of Netflix, I mean we uh, looked for something to watch on Netflix for two and a half hours, and finally landed on something terrible for a half an hour. Can I hear an amen? Yeah, you can amen that. So, um, but because uh, we, we wake up first thing in the morning, oftentimes what we do is, uh, these are all the minutes of the day, and there's a gross hair on this one here. Yuck. Um, so, but what we start doing, rather than put the big rocks in your life from day to day, or the big rocks in your company, like why does your company exist? To make you money? I hope not. Well, it should make you money. That should be a byproduct of something that it does, a service it provides to people. What does your family exist for? To make you happy? Oh my goodness. No, no, no. So what you start doing, you wake up first, but because you're tired, you miss your time with God. So that's what I call my devotional time. So I wake up, I got a lot of devotional times in the morning, but I've been training my kids. And what we do is we wake up, we spend 15 minutes in the Bible, reading the Bible, and then we pray. And that's for the first of my prayer times. I'm a pastor, so I get paid to pray. Then I have another prayer time. Then I have another prayer time after that, right? I just, we, we pray together. We, okay, but if I wake up and I miss my, my morning devotion time, so you're rushed now, right? And so, so then you start kind of filling your life up with, with, um, with sand, right? And then I'm going to, I could give you this whole thing, but it's going to throw my illustration off. So what I'm going to say is here, if you could see that, that um, no, let's just do it right now. Pour all that sand right in here, Renee. Give her a hand. She needs some traveling music. And so, so as your day goes on, what, what happens is you, you keep moving on and on in your life and, and your, your day's moving on. Then you get to work late because you, you decided you were hungry, but rather than eat something uh, small, you were already late and you're like, I'm going to take a whole half an hour and make bacon and eggs for myself. And then you get to work late and then, and then your boss is like, they're at work late again. Got any late people at work? And then what happens is you get to the end of your day and your day just keeps spinning and spinning. Thanks so much. That's awesome. Your day keeps spinning and spinning and spinning. And by the time you get to the end of your day, uh, you haven't put God in the first part of your day. It takes faith to put God in the first part of your day. But because you didn't do that, the rest of the day belongs to you. And it doesn't belong to God. And so then you get home from work and you're tired. And your kid wants to talk to you but you're tired, you're frustrated because your day didn't have God in it. God's like, give me the first part. It has to do with resources and money too. Give me the first part and he's like, I'll take care of the rest of it. I'm fully convinced. I haven't missed my devotion time in the morning in years. Do you know why? Because when I was young, I figured that when I missed it, I noticed that I had a bad day every single time. Everything was harder. Why? Because I was doing my day all by myself and I'm apparently not the best at that. But straight off the bat, 50% of my problems go down in the day when I give God the first part. I just give God the first part. I wake up first, I give God the first part. I wake up to an alarm clock, I give God the first part. If I sleep in, which I try not to do, but if I sleep in, I don't miss that part. 
I just don't eat. I just don't do something else. I, I got to give God the first part. It takes faith to put the big rocks in first. But then what happens is you get down there and your child wants to talk to you. And so, okay, well, you might get that conversation. Is But then your wife also had a bad day at work. And so uh, you're kind of trying to do this here. But the trouble is uh, it's filling up. And then when you really need, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I need to go to small group. But I'm exhausted because my day was terrible. And we don't go to small group and we watch Netflix for another three hours. But what happened in small group is that God gave you the tools to save your marriage tomorrow. Remember, the river starts as a small stream. What happens in small group is that you miss the corporate thing with God. You, but see, your life is like this, and it's not just small group. It's marriage, and then your marriage starts to fall apart because you didn't do something. And now, here's what I want to say. Look, everybody, look at the four big rocks that you wrote on there. Now, if you have a, a I have a schedule uh, that Renee puts on my, Renee assists me in so many things. She puts on my phone a, a schedule for my week. Now, do you have a schedule done up on your week? Okay, I'm, I'm guessing 95% of people are winging it. What you're doing is you're filling up your week with a whole lot of things. So you're, you're pouring minutes out and you're pouring minutes out, but when it's time for the big rocks to, to, to go in there, you're putting them in last. So look at your schedule if you even have one. What makes that schedule and what doesn't? So children of promise and children of opportunity. Oh my goodness, that next week, Pastor Aaron is going to preach this and it's going to be incredible. Children of promise. I want the promises of God, but, but that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But see, you have to seek him first. That takes faith. And then he rewards you, but you have to do something first. This is not like, hey, salvation is free, but everything else will cost you. It's called faith. Even salvation comes by faith. You have to believe that God is and that God uh, is a rewarder of those who seek him. I can't wait to get to the rest of the sermon uh, series too. Two weeks from now, I'm going to be preaching a sermon called Salute. Salute. Um, A Christian leader was walked through like a nuclear submarine with a commander. And every time the commander entered a new room, all the soldiers got up in the boat and saluted. Like all got up and saluted. And at first, uh, the Christian leader was like, this is kind of cool. You get to go everywhere. Everybody stands and salutes you. And then the commander's got to salute and release them all. And he's like, after the 20th room, he's like, oh my goodness, this is exhausting. And he's like, why do you do that with the commander? And the commander goes, oh my goodness, it's not for me. It's for, oh my goodness, it's not, not for me. It's for, come back in two weeks and I'll tell you. Um, And then I'm going to teach you how to build an altar. Abraham knew how to build an altar. If you build an altar first, see, but if you build a life out of sand, this is what happens to you. You wait until the last possible moment to make a decision until you're waiting until you get the best opportunities. But the best opportunities don't come in the last minute. They are called priorities that you put in first. When you put your priorities in first every time and when one always outweighs number two, when two always outweighs number three, look at your schedule. What is on your schedule? Is, can I just say, is the house of God on your schedule? A Sunday morning, here's my blocked off time. I have some things in my schedule. Small group, it is on my schedule. Everything else works around that. Well, if I can't get that right, if I can't bless God's house and be involved in God's house, why would he please my house? No, God first. It takes faith to... So look at your schedule and tell me what gets on there. 
and tell me if the big four things get on your schedule first. And then tell me, I, I can tell, I can look at your budget. Show me your budget sometime and I'll tell you how much you love God and I'll tell you how much you love people. I'm spending all of this. Yeah, it's all being spent on you. I got it. I got it. I can look at your budget and tell you how much you love God. I can put, look at your budget and tell you how much faith you have in it. I can look at your budget and tell you whether you'll succeed with your budget in the future, whether God will be in it or not. I can look at your schedule right now and tell you if your marriage has a good chance of success. I can. What you have to understand is faith is putting the big rocks in first. And so here's what, here's what, happened, um, to me, uh, here's what happened to me one time. Uh, just a few weeks ago, we were planning our summer vacation. I'm actually going on vacation this summer. Hallelujah. Um, with my family. <laughs> with my family. I'm like, yes, it's all just me. Um, it's not. With my family. And, um, and what, what I did was, um, is this a timer that's counting up from when I started? Genius, you guys. Thank you. All right. Um, so so I, I started um, on a Monday. I had a Monday before Easter. Do you remember Easter? And how amazing that was? Um, do you remember the Easter sermon? So here's what, I started booking a place on Airbnb um, on, uh, on the Monday, which is my day off, and I started booking a place, and I started looking at places for Airbnb where our family is going. Now, I have a, a budget, so I don't feel bad for going on vacation, because I budget for it. My kids also budget for vacation, too, I'm just saying, so we can have fun. Now, here's the thing, my vacation budget is X number of dollars, so if, if the place costs more than my grocery budget, then like, we eat eggs. It's just the thing. You just don't spend more than what's in your budget. And so uh, we have financial freedom small groups for you if you need to get your budget under control. Some of us feel like we can't give it to God. Well, it's because your budget is out of control or you don't even have one. That's right. If you would actually put it in there and actually put it, make a schedule, then you could find you can make church a lot more. Uh, you can make uh, the house of God a priority. Uh, you just don't have a, you're just doing everything and snatching at it at the last minute. Ooh, it got quiet. Hallelujah. It's okay. I got lights in my eyes. I can't see if, you're, if you love me or not. Here's what happened. Um, so I'm, I'm doing an, uh, an Airbnb thing, and I looked at 100 places. And I found the best place, but the, the best place was um, a little more than I wanted to spend, and I found the best place that was about a block and a half away from perfect. It was as close as I could find it in that price range that I was looking at, but the trouble is the place was about $150 more you know, if math people. $150 more than I wanted to spend, which means I'm not going to be able to eat what I like to eat. So I messaged him. And then I found out along the way, here's a little tip for you, that Airbnb owners deal on prices sometimes. And I'm like, ooh, I hate paying retail, y'all. Uh, everything's negotiable. Everything's for sale. I'm a salesman. So I, uh, I sent a message. And, and when she, she sent the message back and said, okay, I'll talk to the owners about that, see if there's any leeway in the price. And then the clock started ticking for 24 hours. I have to, and then she's like, you are invited to do this thing at Airbnb and you have 24 hours to close the deal. So 24 hours takes me into Monday evening, I don't hear anything back. I'm like, what's going on? I have 20, and this thing is starting to panic me a little bit. Monday evening, my day off, and I'm thinking about this in my day off, and I'm like, what's going on? 11 o'clock I started, and then Tuesday morning comes around, and I'm like, uh-oh, uh, Tuesday morning is sermon morning for me. Yeah. It is sacred. Yeah. Do not talk to me on... Tuesday mornings. I love you, but don't talk to me on Tuesday mornings. Tuesday morning and into the afternoon, that is my hard copy. Now, I have two other sermon times as well, but that is my hard copy of sermon times. That is sacred. That is a call of God on my life that I have to do. It is an imperative. I, if I don't, people don't come to 
find Jesus. I have to do this thing. In fact, it's more important to me than where we stay on vacation. It is. And I was preaching, I was getting an Easter sermon together. Who's here for Easter? Do you remember? And if you haven't, you have to watch that sermon. Do you remember the moment? And I told Aaron when I got up that morning, I'm like, I am still doing what I always do. The big rock is going in first. I'm doing what I always do on Tuesdays. And I have to prepare this Easter message. I have to get a word from the Holy Spirit for our people and for this city. And I said, if we don't get that vacation place, I'm deciding that I can live without it. Even though it's my family, I decided, no, I'm going to put the house of God first in this. God is not confused. And so I said, okay, God, I'm putting the big rock in first. This is what I'm doing. I had my normal devotion time, my, my prayer time. Then Aaron and I pray. Then I have another prayer time. And then I go out for the sermon and I, and I deal with the sermon. And at 11 o'clock, the clock has run out. At 11 o'clock, I heard, do you remember Easter? I heard, and Mary in the garden turns and sees the gardener. Yeah, were you, you missed that? You weren't here for Easter? And she turns and sees the gardener, the son of the living God, and she thinks that Jesus is the gardener, risen from the dead. She thinks that he's the gardener. And the Holy Spirit said, and in a way, she's not wrong. And I'm like, oh, and I saw it. I'm not even going to tell you how that works. I saw it in the greatest foreshadowing that has ever happened in the Garden of Eden to the Garden of Gethsemane to the Garden of the Tombs. She thought he was the gardener. <laughs> I just told you. 11 o'clock. I could see Airbnb coming up in my phone, and all of a sudden, I'm just like, nope. 11 o'clock, clock runs out. I get my notes sorted out. About 11.30, I'm like, okay, let's see what's up with this thing. I open it up. Uh, my reservation has run out. I lost that place. But then the lady says, hey, it's still open. I'll give it to you for 500 bucks off. Hello. This is not a super expensive place. I'm like, what? What now? I love $500 yeah. off. I love it. I get to eat steak. Yeah. My kids are going to eat eggs. I'm going to eat steak. $500 off. I'm like, book. Yeah, good. Now the clock starts working in my favor. I got 48 hours to cancel if I need to. A couple hours later, a friend of ours here who knows people had another place. Remember I said a block and a half from perfect? It perfect though. I was having trouble getting back and forth with them, and I'm like, I need a contract, because if you know, the air conditioner burns your place down, it's not an Airbnb, it's a private deal. I'm like, I'm not paying for your house if your air conditioner burns it down when I'm there. Yeah. I need a contract. And I'm like, okay, feet dragging, but now I got a countdown clock counting down, and it's working in my favor. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay, you got X number of hours to give me a contract. Oh, and the price? Because they, we had talked first, and they had wanted too much. and The price was actually $150 cheaper than the $500 then I already had off in the right place at the right time because I put the big rocks in first. Thank you, Jesus. I will eat steak where we are going for vacation and you all can do church when I'm gone. You got to put the big rocks in first. You got to, it takes faith to put the big rocks in first. It takes faith. It takes faith to put the big rocks in first in your budget. But when the big rocks are in first, then God owns it. Then it's God's problem. Then it's, you can live your life and solve your problems, or you can let God do it for you. I don't know. I pick God. Genesis chapter 12. Um, the Lord has said to Abram, I'm going to mix up. His name was Abram, and then it was changed to Abraham, but everybody knows Abraham. I'll get that a little bit mixed up. He said to Abram uh, two things. Leave your native country. So this is the word of God to you today. 
You're going to have to leave something. Leave your native country, he says to Abram, your relatives and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. Leave and go. Leave and go. But God, this is how my dad used to run my... This is how my dad used to run his budget, and he didn't put the house of God in his budget, and he didn't put vacation, and he didn't put this in his budget, and he didn't have a budget. That's what my dad used to do, my father's house. Um, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land. He's like, look, I'm going to show you a different country than where you came from, but I'm comfortable here, but I know how to run business this way. It's a little unethical, but no, no leave and go. Leave. Do you want the promises of God? Well, the promised land is not where you are. It's where you're going. Leave and go. Well, I know how to parent this way. And God's like, there is this whole other way to parent your kids and your teenagers. I keep hearing like teenagers are rebellious. Teenagers are rebellious. My teenagers aren't rebellious. I'm not saying that over my kids. Hallelujah. They love Jesus. And even if they get it wrong, they love Jesus. I'm believing in the promises of God for my kids. Leave and go, leave and go. I will make you a great nation, he says. And we're like, yes. Um, Make me a great nation first. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. Okay, why don't you make me a blessing and then I'll be a blessing to others. He's like, no, 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 why don't you go first? Why don't you leave and go? Why don't you put some big rocks in first? That takes faith. Why don't you do it before you have the blessing? The promise comes after the sowing of the seed. Uh, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. You're like, yes. Those hockey moms are jerks. <laughs> Hallelujah, Lord. They've been cursing my son. And he's better than they are. Their kids? I treat you with contempt. You got to leave and go. And don't be cursing hockey moms. They, they got problems. They need Jesus. It's okay. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. And then it says, So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. You're thinking like, well, God, I've been doing this for so long, and God's like, I don't care how old you are. Abram was 75. You could do it. You want an adventure before you die? You want to live a life of faith before you? I want to see what God can do. And verse 7, then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there and dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. Dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. That's all I got for text, but I just am, am, am introducing this idea to you that you have to leave and go. There's something that you're going to have to leave your comfort zone. Look, it's, you already know that it's not working in your comfort zone, but you're comfortable with it, right? Better the devil you know. I mean, you've heard that. Better the devil you know than the uncertainty, the unknown of that out there. But God, if I give you the first tenth, what if I don't have enough over here? What if I give you 10%? What first? And God's like, I'll make the rest stretch farther. But believe me and I'll do it. But you got to give first. Put me on the schedule. Put the house, my house on the schedule. I'll take care of your house. And we're like, take care of my house first. He's like, I can't. I can't. There's this space in between you and God called honor. That takes faith. When you honor God with your time, when you honor God with your resources, when you honor God with your whole life, when your business honors God, there's a space in between you that you don't cross towards him until he calls you to cross that. But you put the space between you. That's called honor. Uh, Teenagers. You have a bad relationship with your mom? Put a space between you called honor. Honor your father and your mother. Come on, moms. Honor your father and your mother that it may be well with you. Now, now honor is not about, about 
If I honor, I, my, my dad was my pastor for 20 years. And I honored him. I called him pastor. Well, honor was not for him. He didn't need me to do that. It was for me. I put the space between called honor. Honor God first. Put faith in there. Honor God first, and then it will go well with you. And I realized, you know, Jesus in his own hometown couldn't, it says he couldn't do many miracles because they just saw him in the natural. He was just a carpenter. They knew him. He grew up with him, right? He wasn't the son of God to them. Is he the son of God to you? Is he the Lord of all to you? Can he do anything impossible with you? You're, you're, you have a weight of debt underneath you, and you're like, hey, I'm trying to get out from under this debt, and God's like, okay, give me the first tenth, and I'll help you get out from under the debt. I can, I can rework math. I can rework... I'm having this problem with my children, and I don't know what to... Okay, give me the first time in the morning. I'll show you how to deal with your kids. Your kids are not a huge mystery to the Lord Jesus Christ. God's in heaven's like, you're like, God, you never had my two-year-old. And he's like, yeah, you used to be your two-year-old. And I had you then too, and I figured you out. You just needed boot camp for about a month. Sort you all out. Here's what what I want to show you. Here is is what happens... um, Renee, help me. Can you just dump this into that thing? I'm going to shatter glass all over the floor. Thank you so much. Renee is such a great servant in the house. Love Renee. Okay. So this is what I want you to see here. Worship team, you can start getting up here and ready or play something or I don't know. We're just winging it today. This is what I want you to see here is because there's this thing that you grew up with. It's like, but God, if I make a priority first, millennials, I'm, I'm preaching now. I mean, I mean, if you say yes to today's opportunity, you say tomorrow, no to tomorrow's promise, to tomorrow's miracle. God's like, oh, give it to me first. Give me the opportunity. Just don't live a life of option. Live a life of faith. And when you do the, the first thing, this is, this is what happens. I give the first thing. I give the first part of my day to God. And, and, I, and I put the big rock in first. And I'm, you know what else is important to me? Like, I can start working right away, but I need to connect with my kids. That's very, very important to me. So I'm going to connect with my kids. First of all, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give God my, the Bible reading time, and then I'm going to give God, uh, I'm going to give God some, how am I doing here? I'm going to destroy this glass deal. And then I give God the next time of prayer time. And then, and then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to connect with my kids before I get going to work. They need connection from their dad before they go to school. They need to hear that they're loved and that any boy at school is like, you're ugly. They'd be like, shut up, you're ugly. My dad thinks I'm gorgeous. Who are you? Nobody cares what you think. You're ugly. Your mama said you're ugly. That's right. Date my daughters, you bunch of creeps. And what happens is then you just keep giving this time to God and then you make it to small group and God saves your marriage tomorrow because you didn't miss the only thing that you couldn't miss. And then what happens is all the other moments and all the other dollars and all the other opportunities, this is what happens. You say to yourself, I will miss out on something and God's like, put the big rocks in first. Let me show you how this works. Renee, just starts scooping this into that thing. And all the other moments, you remember how full it was? You remember stuff starts falling off the top? Well, just, just... Uh, God will just start giving you the other moments and then you just kind of keep good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over and he just kind of starts shaking this, shaking your life down and you got to like let the Airbnb go and it's okay and, and God's just like, hey, don't worry about the Airbnb. Like what's Airbnb? I own it. I give you Airbnb and he just kind of, he just keeps shaking it down for you and, and, uh, and he just shakes it down, just dump all the rest of it in there and you're going to find out here that, that in the end of it all, I hope that it all fits because that, that's the only way this thing works. There we go. Oh, we got it. In the end of it all, listen, church, you won't miss a thing. 
you will not only not miss a thing, you'll get everything of God's promises, not just in the next life, but in this life. People will look to you for help. You'll lend money to people because you can. Don't lend money to people against your house, Dave Ramsey. Can I hear an amen? You'll just be like, hey, I can be as generous as I want to be because I put the big rocks in first. I didn't wait till it came to me until... Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I... Can, can somebody move this while I'm praying? Because I do need to um, plug in here next. Father, I... Thanks, guys. Heavenly Father, I, I just ask that, uh, that we be honest here with you and say, okay, the, the four big rocks that we wrote down aren't on our schedule and aren't on our budget or aren't, aren't on there in the way that they need to be. And, uh, and Father, you know, everybody, just, just bow your head and close your eyes. Nobody's going to look around here at you. Um, if you need, uh, if you've got to get the big rocks in first, I just want you just to slip your hand up. Nobody's looking. I'm not looking at you. Just slip your hand up a little bit and be like, hey, God, I, I need to readjust some big rocks here. I need, to, I need to get some of the big rocks in first here. And, and what I want to say to you, Heavenly Father, and I ask, I know this is what you're going to do next, is you're just going to dump the whole thing out into the pail and say, let me just restructure the whole thing for you. But Father, this is a beautiful thing that when we do this in our schedule and in our budget and in every area of our lives, even in our parenting skills, we, we put down how we think we should raise our kids and put in there how the scripture says to raise our kids. We, we put the morality of the life that we're living in there and we just dump it out on the ground and then we say, okay, God, let's go for your morality. Let's put the big rocks in first. Let's do life your way, God. And I, I pray, Heavenly Father, for every person who's just honest enough just to slip their hand up. I pray that you would start the restructuring process in their life so that they could understand that the promises are worth the risk every single time. And tomorrow's blessing is way greater than today's seed that we give away. I pray, Heavenly Father, for faith to rise in every heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we hope you enjoyed this inspirational message from Pastor Corey Cope. If you'd like to partner with us, please go to venuechurch.ca give. Yeah, because a life saved is worth everything.